0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Coach Nutt here. We're all C-U-C-K-S coaches under Christ's kingdom. And you're listening to Land Sharks After Dark. Now here are your hosts,
0: Justin and John. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, what do we say here? I'm not sure. It's been it's been quite a bit. I don't really know how to do this anymore, but I'm Justin Sanders. I have John Stefanchik with me. Um it is the end of the off season for football twenty twenty one. It is our second year of COVID football. And uh yeah, we're here another year, John. What's up, man?
1: Doing good, been busy. I know you've been busy. A lot of professionally for us everything's been busy going well we uh i guess we lost we lost a little steam in the spring <laughs> kermit, kermit davis would uh uh-huh. would do that um right. hope everybody You're enjoyed right. the new intro and uh would like to also congratulate keith carter on being a, on i'm being a cuck for the whole mike bianco situation we went through cl- <laughs> classic bianco season and lsu hoodwinks us i actually met a guy met a guy from baton rouge in a bar up here a couple weeks ago we got to talk and about two minutes in i look at him i go so i just want to say for the record fuck you and fuck lsu for not hiring mike bianco and he literally spit a part of his beer out he was laughing so hard at that so we uh we we got that we kind of that's about as much as I wanted to mention that, but you're now you know, up to date. Well, here, here I was thinking, I
0: well, I guess that's a good segue because I wanted to look and see. Let me look on my podcast app. When was the last time we because did we even do baseball this past year? I got to be honest. I mean, this is year <laughs> – hold on, hold on. We can, we can do this. Our first episode was the Peach Bowl where TCU beat Ole Miss so bad, right? So would that, have been, that yep. would have been January 2015? So we're going on five yep. and a half years now, if my math is correct.
1: Yeah, December that, 2nd. We haven't even recorded this year, I don't think.
0: Is that right? Is Wait, it, I want to get that right. Hold on. The Peach Bowl, that was January 2014, right?
1: That was because the, end the of four, January, December, end of 14. So it would be basically New Year's yeah. of 15. Okay,
0: that's what I thought.
1: So, so this is six and a half years. Yeah, wow.
0: 20. Yeah. Yeah. Six and a half years. Yeah. So forgive us for going on hiatus every now and then John's right. December 2nd, 2020 appears to be the last time we released an episode. Um, And this is is again, wait, and then. I I think some episodes maybe are, are out of order or something? I don't know, but yeah, it looks like December 2nd, 2020 would have been the last one. I guess we did a few episodes during football last year. To John's point, yeah, I mean, as we've aged, priorities have shifted a little. I'd say the show has always been here, but it was definitely a different back when we first started it. Something that maybe we did a little more frequently, but that's okay, right? It's just time to hang out with friends and it's a
1: hobby. And let's be honest, COVID—it's interesting. I found this with myself and several others that you would think with COVID and isolating, watching some kind of sports would be more appealing, but it seemed to. It was hard to get into it. One, fans not being in the building or partial capacity, no capacity, watching a baseball game with nobody in it was was impossible. But just kind of, it just, it, for me, it felt like there's so much, there was so much stuff going on that getting into sports was,
0: yeah, I was don't know. To
1: do with we, you know, we got to get, you know, we got to get a vaccine deployed. We've got to yep. get people to uh, figure, we got to figure out what's going on, how to manage it.
0: Well, you know, I think
1: part secondary of it. And viewership drop for sure. Um, we'll see how it comes back.
0: Yeah, but. I mean, I think part of it also for us as Ole Miss fans is just a a mediocre basketball season that yep. at times threatened to get exciting and then never quite materialized. I like to think if Kermit did find his way into the tournament, which was a, a outside possibility in the second half of the season, but obviously didn't happen, we probably would have recorded an episode then. Then you get into the baseball season – it's just it's just a classic Bianco season. Um, yep. You know, we already talked about that. We talked about all the drama at the end of the year um, from, of course, losing a Super Regional on the road, which is what you kind of expect. But then also, to John, John was talking about this, the possibility of LSU hiring Bianco. Obviously, they did not. Again, I think if old Miss, they made it to Omaha, won that game in Arizona, that game three, or if Bianco had been replaced potentially by, you know, a candidate something as Dan McDonald, we probably would have recorded an episode then, um, and then yep. I, I, I kind of challenge your your thing that it's COVID and sports because I think if this is a Mississippi State podcast. We probably would be coming off the best sports year of our life right now, right? I mean they they won a national championship for the first time in a team sport. I'm just I think part of it is what we had to watch, and that is why we're talking now, John. Because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about year two of Lane Kiffin. I like the way he runs the program. I like the offense. We'll see about the defense, but Matt Corral is gonna be really exciting this year. During an ELE, they have a good offensive line. I last year was just I mean, it was balls to the wall. It was out of control offense every game, the worst defense you've ever seen every game, constant shootouts. I mean, there was literally one game and all SEC season. I mean, what that's that's historical. When are we ever gonna play 10 SEC games? Again, we aren't. Um, at least, I guess we'll see. see expansions happen since we last talked, too. So we'll see. Um, but, but it was a crazy season. I'm really excited for year two. We're here. Baseball is in the past. Not going to think about baseball for the next uh, seven, eight months. Not going to think about basketball for quite a while. For me, it's like all attention on football. Louisville and Atlanta to open the season in less than two weeks now. We're getting pretty close.
1: Yeah uh just want to quickly you mentioned state and baseball to quote brandon walker of barstool sports and have the mississippi state fan i'd rather be nine and three than win a national championship of college baseball it's great but that's what's more important so you know well, he he said it before us so but anyway congrats congrats to state they've been to a three state three years in a row they deserve it they hoodwinked uh Good week. Don't miss. Well, it I is, is actually I Do, it, I do it, want to spend a minute acknowledging that? Before no, I,
0: I, you're right. You're right. That was, I, I did the whole build up to football, but you're right. I would like to talk about it a little bit as well. Cause it's, it's very interesting. Cause really, if you ask me, John Cohen has no idea what he's doing as an athletic director in every sport other than baseball. However, yep. however, he clearly knows the sport of college baseball, Chris Limonis incredible hire one's a natty in year two. Right. And what is, I'm pretty sure it's year two, year two or three Omaha either. year
1: one and uh, nat- natty year two. Mailed yeah. It.
0: I mean, that is, that is awesome. The, the guy is the opposite of Bianco. He is a new school coach. He, he shifts. He does whatever the analytics say you got to do. He doesn't worry about the regular season nearly as much as the postseason. It would seem, uh, kudos and so it's interesting because basically i think every other hire cohen has made uh is a nightmare joe (laughs) moorhead mike leach extending howland they lost the you know their previous shot at a team sport natty the the women's basketball coach to texas so basically the question is going to be and i think we're going to have our answer i mean i think i know the answer but it's like is winning big in baseball enough for Mississippi State to put up with all the rest of it. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Leach this year. I have no faith in that hire. I think Mike Leach, Mississippi State, is an insane move that doesn't make sense for either party. It makes sense for Leach. He's making $5 million a year. But I don't think he wins there. Um, and, and last year, you know, we saw that. Um, they beat LSU and then completely fell off the face of the earth for the middle part of the season. But it'll be interesting to see. that they, Basically, we get to see – is winning in baseball enough that you're willing to give up the rest of your sports? And that's, it's going to be interesting. Well, I
1: think um, for them the answer
0: is yes, but one, I don't think, I mean, would, would win what you with. can win, right? They weren't going to, they're never going to win the West except for that one time with uh, yeah. what's his face. You know, what I'm talking about Jackie, Jackie, Cheryl, Jackie Cheryl. went to Atlanta, went to Atlanta with the eight and five team. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, okay. All right. So, that kind, of, that kind of does segue us into football a little bit. Um, we talked about Louisville, the opener in Atlanta, here in not too many days. I want to say five, 11 days. We're recording this on August 26th. Uh, Ole Miss plays on Labor Day. I want it at 7 p.m., something like that, in Atlanta. I'm a little sad because... You know, live here in Houston, was planning on going to that Baylor game in Houston before COVID canceled that. That was going to be really fun. Pretty sure that team Kiffin had last year, I mean, they weren't world beaters. They could have beaten Baylor. That would have been a fun game to see. Yeah. Um, You know, the way they came out and played against Florida in game one was really fun. It would have beaten a lot of lesser teams, and the offense kind of only got better from there, so – yeah. You know, whatever. Um, obviously, not going to be in Atlanta, but hopefully, a lot of people we know are. I'm sure Ole Miss will travel pretty well there. Um, going to be interesting this year to see how big the crowds are. Actually, um, I feel like season ticket sales, from what I've read at least, have been a little underwhelming for Ole Miss with all the excitement around Kiffin. I think.
1: I think that's. I think that's going to be a case in a lot of places. Well, especially in a place like Mississippi,
0: right? I mean, right now in Mississippi, going to a public gathering is pretty dangerous proposition the way their their covid numbers are doing so interesting be interesting to see how full those stadiums are uh i mean late breaking news john I, I assume they're gonna be playing home games this season today is the day of listening to this where there was a fire involved in Hemingway stadium assume it won't bur- it won't burn to the ground but that is a data point that is an interesting thing that yeah. apparently happened today uh, we'll see what
1: that all entails but
0: so john tell me i mean before we before we talk you know, more specifics, look a little bit at the schedule and the roster, I guess, like the, the typical, you know, what, what will we do at a football episode? What do you think about this team? What, what's your expectation? Are you, you know, looking for improvement? Are they going to miss Elijah more? maybe more than some fans are accounting for right now? What do you think?
1: Um, if they stay healthy, they can be if – if they stay healthy, I think they're competitive and pretty much – Every game. The only definitive loss I see on the schedules, Alabama. I think A and stuff sweating. Say
0: you say that right? But I mean, they were in the only game last year that wasn't winnable in the fourth quarter was Florida. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy. Focus.
1: Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a bear now. Corral. I read. I did see where Corral was actually ranked. Um, there's this. I don't know exactly what it is but there's nfs nfs scouting service that a lot of the nfl teams get information on and corral was the highest rated 22 quarterback prospect per that criteria it's been passed along the nfl team so he's he's got a shot to rock it up and do things um i mean if we think about he played except for a couple turnover laden games he played well last year even in the extra three weeks of practice between the end of the regular season and the ball Mm-hmm. Got a lot better. No Elijah Moore. No Kenny Yeboah. It was really key in that game. It, having a whole off season with Kiffin. Now, how do Kiffin and Levy get along? Work together after the whole Randy Shannon or not Randy? Um, Randy yeah, Clement. Randy Clement, yeah. the OL coach. Is Randy Clement's uh, buddies, yeah. Impromptu firing in April. You know that that's something that nobody's talked about for a few months. That maybe there's a little bit, but I would. I would think Kiffin and Levy would, or I would hope they'd be smart to say, look, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can agree that focus on having a good season and it's going to benefit both of us and what we want to go off and do. Exactly. Um, I mean,
0: I think, I think Levy is a smart guy. You know, he really wanted that UCF job that yep. Malzahn got. He didn't get it. He's stuck in Oxford. Yeah, maybe he's mad at Kiffin for firing his buddy randy but he's a smart enough guy that i think he knows his way to his way out his way yep. to an equal or better job is for the offense to have a, another really good season um yep. and specifically corral i mean i i think his role as corral's quarterback coach alongside kiffin um as well as i i think by all accounts they split play calling duties it's hard to know exactly who's calling yeah who plays the majority of the time but those two things i think he will be really focused in on um so it's it it's you're right though that's something people haven't talked about that much uh, since it happened. It was definitely a big story when it happened, um, but I just I, I think they'll both be focused. Um, I think the real, I mean, they, they can't they can't get hurt. You said that they're very thin on the offensive line. They,
1: they might be a receiver short. They're probably okay if no one gets hurt. Braylon Sanders gets hurt, they got problems.
0: Correct. Um, I agree uh, with that. And they're back. they're they're thin on the offensive line. They have no backup quarterback. If Corral goes down. I mean, it's probably well, plumbly in the Rich Rod offense at that point. And, and your ceiling just got a lot lower in that case. Um, but uh, basically, all that to say, right now, assuming no injuries, I, I'm not really concerned about the offense. The defense will kind of be the story of the season, right?
1: Yeah. The running game we, we view as a strength, but how the, the Parrish, Ely, Connor trio. I mean, how how creative do they get? How much out? How much, how much pass catching out of the backfield? How much do you flex a guy out to run of the slot? That's going to be that's interesting from a scheme standpoint. Tight end, yeah, think- they, they don't have anybody proven dynamic. They need they probably mm-hmm. need Hudson Wolf to mm-hmm. grow up quick. They got a couple other, but they'll. The thing is, Kiffin and Levy will scheme stuff and be good. Um, to your point, defense is the question. A lot of turnover. A lot of positive optimism. Um, frankly, I don't think this is fair, but it kind of sounds like what we hear from the Kermit Davis uh, <laughs> camp every year. Oh, it's better. we got new players, this and that. we got to see it gel together and see what happens.
0: I mean, uh, I would say the good news for the defense, and we've watched a lot of Ole Miss football in our lives now. You probably more than me. You know, I wasn't an Ole Miss fan before college, but even just – we were just talking about – what, the six and a half years we've done this podcast, we've watched a lot of almost football. They – I I struggle to imagine they could be worse than they were last year. We're, I mean, we're talking, what, one or two stops a game at most against a competent offense? I mean, they literally think, couldn't stop Alabama. They, they could not stop them once, in my mind. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how it felt.
1: If they're – they probably go to become the top 75, 80 defense –
0: and that's a, huge, uh, what a that's a big improvement over That's last
1: year. a jump, makes it competitive. If they get to like if they can be the 50th ranked defense, they they've got a team that can win nine games if they, start I, up, if they I struggle, um, I struggle
0: but, seeing how they get how they get there with
1: the defensive linemen they have. To me, that's the big that's the problem. biggest problem. Can they? How are they really? How are they going to be able to stop the run on key situations? And pass rush is a um, notable item. Although. Otis Reese himself made a difference. Yes. If you could get, you know. Yes, he did. You get a couple more people that could have that type of impact any, anywhere on the field. Ideally, it's balanced throughout.
0: They, they uh, got, I mean, they got some impact transfers. They, they got the linebacker from Maryland, Chance Campbell. They got the Navy safety, Jake Springer. Obviously, Otis Reese is huge, was able to play at the very end of last year. Um, and they signed some really good freshmen at safety and cornerback. Um, I, I, I'll be interested to see. I, I do wonder if they miss Jack West Jones a little bit. I mean, people were saying he went to Kentucky because he, he was going to lose playing time, but still losing like a three-year contributors last starter at linebacker. That's tough, right? I mean, that's that's not ever good news. It's
1: not ideal, but. I think we'll find out the first couple yeah. of games if they have some bodies there or not. How good is Chance, Campbell—is Austin Keys the guy that can run around like everybody mm-hmm. talks about? He can.
0: And I mean, maybe maybe some of these some of these guys that redshirted last year or didn't contribute on the offensive line uh, as much can take a step with you. You hope. I mean, we're paying a lot for assistance, right, on both sides of the ball. So y- you hope these defensive coaches can find a way to get something out of some of these guys, but I don't know. I, another question is, um, you know, what, what do they get out of the Juco DTs uh, Gordon and Aiton and from Houston? And then also, you know, Tywo Malone was kind of the, the big name in last year's recruiting class I don't
1: think I don't think you're gonna see much contribution for, from him the first half of the year maybe, maybe a role later
0: more than likely you won't right but that seems like to a watch.
1: Guy, seems like a guy next year is gonna start really looking like a good player but right uh, I, I I don't really I don't expect anything meaningful from him this year yeah so I but, think d, d lines to me d lines the weakest part of the team I yes. think that's pretty yes. clear.
0: It's 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 D line, and then I think it's less important because Kiffin can cover it up. But they, like you said, tight end, they don't really have much proof. They're better. At Casey, at Casey at the Kelly part. is hurt, but yes, no, I agree. They have better recruits at tight end. They're better at tight end, and also I think part of Kiffin's offense is he'll 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 hide the weaknesses on offense, and he'll he'll get he's got enough
1: he playmakers scheme
0: exactly, and so he'll good. figure it out. But yeah, I, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to find this post I saw about about Matt Corral and how he kind of fits into the school record book. I don't know if you read that. But basically, Parham was saying that 99%, I mean, basically, even even if he didn't play this season, but assuming he has a season equitable than what he had last season, he's the best quarterback in Ole Miss history statistically. He, he is more than five points – above the school record for career completion percentage. He is going to have more yards than Chad Kelly. Eli will finish with more career yards. Eli also played four years. Corral will be gone after this year. Uh, Passer rating, I believe he will hold the school record.
1: Well, the Eli fans are saying this is because of inflation in the Biden era, right? That's what's going to drive the the inflation. that is what the
0: Eli fans would be talking about, I'm sure, right? Yes. Yep. Um, But it's just, it's crazy how good Kiffin is. You were talking about, I'm sorry, not Kiffin. I I do think that on offense, but I meant Corral. You were talking about Corral being highly rated by these NFL teams. I think he's really under the radar nationally. I I don't think people really appreciate how good he was statistically last year, had a couple of crazy games, uh, LSU and Arkansas, as far as turnovers, by the way, could have won both those games. Defense. If defense had a pulse, he wins the LSU game and Arkansas game. He could have won, but that, I won't fight anybody. That Arkansas game was a really low point for Corral, um, and they, it came out. They, they
1: lost the Arkansas game.
0: Yes, and and he I mean, even though they won. could have they could have won yeah. it at the end, but they lost. Like they, yeah. it's they they deserve that loss. Um, yeah. He came out the next week, and I think he threw a pick on the first drive against Auburn. Uh, and credit to Kiffin, and credit to Corral for for not giving up on him at that point and sticking with him because yeah. that was really a scary time in the development of Matt Corral, but then turns around and like you said, really put it all together as season went on. The LSU game was the last game of the regular season, and he had a lot of picks there. But if you were watching that game, he was getting no help. He, he really wasn't forcing the balls the same way he was against Arkansas. Some of those were just bad luck um, situations. So I don't, I don't judge him for that game. He also made some incredible plays in that game, scored a ton of points. Um, but yeah, I think if he cuts out the Arkansas games, this year, he's going to have a special season. Um, And it will be very interesting to see what he and Kiffin can get out of these wide receivers. Because right now, based on what we saw last year from Corral and from Kiffin, I'm inclined to believe without Elijah Moore, they find a way to put up just as crazy numbers, maybe a little bit more spread out as far as what wide receivers catching the balls. But I trust both of those guys, Kiffin to scheme it and Corral to execute it. To score a lot of points this year and gain a lot of yards, it's it's going to be yeah. exciting. It's easy. you mentioned it's easy. Eli
1: Manning. I'm going to go on a side tangent for a minute. All right. So I'm watching the first Patriot preseason game two weeks ago, week and a half ago, and I'm watching Mac Jones. I'm like, well, tall guy, length kind of you know not you know not thick, not skinny, kind of you know, but lanky of anything. Average arm, average mobility, high football IQ, play um, in the SEC, um, or number 10. I said, I go, He's, I go that's Eli Manning 2.0. So I've been broadcasting this theory amongst all the Patriot fans up here, okay. thinking they're going to really roll their eyes, be pissed off, given the history of them, mm-hmm. uh, them Eli Manning in two Super Bowls. They've all been like, hey, we'll take two Super Bowls. And then they all go, well, how many more games would Eli Manning have won if Belichick had been his coach and his GM? Probably a considerable amount. No, absolutely so, he would have, right? Yeah. I mean, he's especially he's, the he's G- a- GM portion of that. So, they're, uh, Eli Manning 2.0 is the Patriots' future.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. I think that comparison is apt. Uh, you think Mac Jones is going to be the guy there in Foxborough for a while?
1: It'll be soon enough. I don't know if it'll be week one. We'll see what we'll see what Bill does. But
0: hmm. well, just I would say just tell him hold on, give it a couple years. Yeah. Before too long, he's gonna have an incredible slot receiver who can really run. Mm-hmm. John Rice Plumley will be up there before too long. Belichick's gonna mm-hmm. grab him. It's gonna be great.
1: He'll but be the next. Edelman. He'll be the next Edelman.
0: Right, but so that I mean that's that is another. Storyline, especially I I think from the outside, if you if you saw it all a couple years ago when Plumlee was the QB under Luke and Richrod, and the way he ran around, led the SEC in rushing and all, you turn on an old Miss game this year, you see him line up at slot. It's an interesting storyline. So my question for you is, do you think that's going to be a thing? Is is Kiffin going to find a way to get like let's let's say over under five hundred all purpose yards? For John Rice Plumley this year, where are you where are you landed on that? Um,
1: five hundred. Yeah, I'm over.
0: You're over. So you so that that's that seems good. If you can get five hundred yards out of John Rice Plumley, that helps replace Elijah
1: Moore. How right? many passing TDs are complete? How many passing completions off trick plays?
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's going to be. I think they're going to give him a shot at that. See, this is. I think this year is going to be really interesting because. They legit. I think it's
1: pretty, I think it could be a pretty steady slot guy. They have,
0: they have three guys that I think are going to play slot running back like interchangeably. I think Ely, Parish, and Plumley will all be lined yep. up in the backfield and in the slot on consecutive plays multiple times. I mean, there's a there's there's a formation where you have two running backs, two quarterbacks. And a tight end on the field for Ole Miss, essentially, and like mm-hmm. I, I would, Kiffin's going to do some crazy shit like that. I mean, he tried to be the
1: modern wishbone. Yeah, it's, it's
0: going to be crazy. I mean, they're going to have like a wildcat play where Ely yeah. takes the snap and hands it off to Plumley, and then the defense is like, "Wait, is he going to pass? Is he going to run?" But I, I, I think. Uh, I mean, here is something else though about about the what what kind of sucks. is the double-edged sword with Plumley, is you would love for him to actually be a threat to make a pass downfield on one of those trick plays. But if he was, he wouldn't still be at old Miss. You know, if he could actually throw a pass off a trick play, he'd be playing quarterback somewhere else. Right. Um, yeah. Cause he's that good of a runner. I was asking somebody the other day, uh, did Plumlee throw a single pass last season better than the Donterio Drummond pump fake pass against Florida? And the answer is no. So, no. even, uh, it's it's a fun idea to say you got two quarterbacks lining up, but in reality, Plumley is a running back that play quarterback under Matt. Yeah.
1: Well, you got two lined up, uh, net two. You got uh, Corral. You got half and half in Drummond, and you got half in Plumley. That's two
0: there quarterbacks. Go. There you go. So I, I think they're going to do. I think they're going to be really flexible as
1: far. So as – So can they run a play where they've done a two a, a toss to Plumley? And then he runs and hands it to Drummond, Drummond on the sideline. Drummond, Drummond throws Throws down, th- throws down the sideline to Ely. Can that be the opening play against Liberty?
0: I wouldn't be surprised that it's something like that. That's that sounds like what we should expect. Um, I, I think, and I think we talked about tight end. I think someone like Drummond, who's a big wide receiver, he's going to be lining up at H back probably. He's going to be lining up near the line of scrimmage. They're going to do a lot of creative stuff, and that's why it's fun right now to be an Ole Miss fan. Um, I think
1: Drummond could be kind of a sneak. He could play like part time tight end sort of hybrid exactly, almost.
0: Exactly. I, I agree. He's a big kid. Um, and then I mean, if Braylon Sanders can stay healthy all year, he's gonna be a deep threat. And we haven't we've barely even said Jerry Neely's name. I mean, he's he's gonna be M- Mingo
1: feels like a guy that kinda hadn't heard a lot, but does he figure it out somewhat in the season. I think is
0: going to get some chances early on. And if he has some drops, which has been a problem for him in his career, I don't yeah. th- he's not going to get those looks. You know, I mean, what's crazy is we talk all the time about how Kiffin focuses on his best players, Elijah Moore last year, and he feeds them over and over. The other side of that is he's not wasting touches on people he doesn't trust. He, you know what blew my mind? Dennis Jackson, in year three this year, he didn't have a single reception last year. I had no idea. That's crazy. He was targeted twice, I think. No <laughs> catches on the year. So I think I think guys like Mingo, it's like you're going to get some chances, but I don't think Kiffin's going to be relying on these guys unless they can prove themselves. I think it's going to be Drummond, Sanders. You're going to be lining up in the slot either Parrish, Ely, Plumlee, A couple of the other guys will get looks there as well. They have a few more wide receivers. They got that kid from Western Kentucky, uh, Pearson. Uh, They have some of the younger wide receivers. You know, Mingo will get looks. Um, Dennis Jackson and Jaden Jackson. Uh, But basically, I think he's going to, in the first few games, find the guys, at wide receiver he actually trusts, and they're going to be on the field a lot. I mean, that just seems to be his philosophy. Um, It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, if Sanders can stay healthy, he'll have a big year. But I think the safest bet as far as who is the Elijah Moore of this year, the focal point that Kiffin runs through, you know, 40%, 50% of offensive plays in a game, it's, it's got to be Ely. I mean, that's going to be the guy. Yep. He had, a, he had a kick return touchdown last year against LSU, but I kind of wonder if they take him off of kick return just because you don't want to risk him getting hurt.
1: I would put him there very selectively.
0: It's the same with like it would be really fun to see Plumlee return punts, but we already talked about. It. In reality, he's your backup quarterback. You probably don't want to throw him back there returning punts. Yeah, doesn't really make sense. So yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a season. Let's talk about the schedule quickly here. We kind of talked about the roster a good bit. So Louisville and Atlanta, I think they win that game. They're favored by about a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, I think that Ole Miss fans should not take this Louisville team lightly Satterfield's a good coach, the same team and coach beat state in a bowl game two years ago when they thought they were going to rough them up under Moorhead. So Mm -hmm. we'll see about that game. I think it might be a little closer than people think, but I think Ole Miss should pull away and score a lot of points in that game. Austin P obviously a win that I kind of hate these two next games, Austin P and Tulane, because not only are they, going to be easy wins. It's not even going to be fun because Kiffin's going to be hiding everything for that. We got minute. the
1: opener which eight, eight, 8 o'clock on a Monday night sucks here, not going to lie. Yeah. Um it'll be in a half, me in a more probably at best half full uh Mercedes-Benz Stadium and then two junk games. And then uh The good news
0: there, the good news down there down. is Mercedes-Benz on a Monday the Chick Fil A in the stadium is allowed to be open. That is true. That's, that's a, the that's positive. Key. Well, it'd be
1: well, it'd be open on a Saturday too. You
0: know. True, true. I'm just saying. For most Falcons games, it is closed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think Louisville games should be a fun game, and then pretty much nap through September, or, or get your get ready for get start building yourself up
1: to believe. You what's can what's be the the, Is a green day? Wake me up when September ends. That's yeah. going to be
0: exactly because I think I think if. Assuming Kiffin wins that Louisville game, he's going to go super vanilla for Austin P. and for Tulane. And honestly, if 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 I had to guess, I don't think you see the quote unquote real offense that Kiffin is planning for this year until that Alabama game on October second.
1: He will use he will he will definitely save a a notable amount of play.
0: He'll put some stuff on film against Louisville. But there will be some stuff that he is – I mean, we know how important that Alabama game is to Kim. Yep. And he, he could have sold one last year. Didn't deserve to. Doesn't really deserve to win yet. I think
1: – What's Alabama's schedule? And I'm bouncing around, but they they got a new quarterback. Yep. Who's the coordinator now?
0: Uh, it's it's a Bill O'Brien.
1: Oh, shit, that's
0: right. Yeah. Uh, so they open uh, maybe in Atlanta. They're playing Miami in the opener. I think that's probably Boy, Miami, well, yeah. right?
1: and I believe, yeah.
0: And so then they, they have – oh, so they they have to go at Florida in week three. Um, yeah. And then they, they tune up with Southern Miss at home. So they'll they'll definitely have more quality playing time and wins under their belt. By yeah, What's us we'll see.
1: But, yeah. what, is, what does it look like against Miami? And at Florida. Yeah. I mean, at Florida is actually a good game. Florida is a good game. Dirty I, well, dirty, the,
0: damn. dirty damn The problem is Dan doesn't have a quarterback. Um, you know that.
1: Yeah, he's got what's his face, uh, yeah, Emery
0: Emery Jones. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I don't think that's great. I think we all saw how good Mullins' DAC offense could be with an actual passer last year under Trask.
1: So they host Ole Miss and they go 2 A and M. Yeah, that's they could be looking ahead. Could be, a, could be looking
0: ahead to College Station.
1: That's not the easiest stretch. You told me. You told me
0: they lost in the week of October second to 9th. That's that's very believable, right? I'm not saying Ole Miss beats them, but if if they beat Ole Miss and if it's a, a little bit of a stressful game like it was last year, and they go and lose at College Station, that's not surprising.
1: This is Jimbo's that's, year. That's the fifth game for. I mean, we'll see what the quarterback is. Once again, well.
0: once again, Jimbo doesn't have a quarterback. All these teams are should be really good. If they had Matt Corral, they'd be unbeatable. So, it's yeah, to be interesting.
1: If you not saying this happened. I mean, not even coming close to saying this is really <laughs> – All right, cost. so you but, couched it. And I'll go but ahead. But Corral – I mean, if Corral went out and had a elite year, he could yep. – it, it the league feels like it's semi set up for if a quarterback got hot they could win a couple they could lead a team to a couple more wins than what you would think they would otherwise. There's not a I mean Alabama top to bottom is a hell of a roster and AM has built a steady roster but they yes. you know, the quarterback the quarterback position's an unknown it's 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 kind of a twenty. 24- I mean I think
0: Corral is Corral is hands down the best quarterback in the league. So the question
1: is who's second.
0: Uh, what about the what about the LSU guys? Pretty good. Johnson, he ended up decent at the end of last he season. Played like a few games. I think he could be good. Let's think through this. Uh, Arkansas's got the kid from North Panola. Uh, no idea who Tennessee's quarterback is. Does South Carolina get that kid back from? You know Tennessee what's amazing injury? is we
1: haven't said Bo Nix yet. Oh uh, yeah, he, he sure. ought to be. He is yourself. what he is.
0: He's, he's not bad. I think a lot of these teams would probably be lucky to have Bo Nix. He's a proven commodity, but he has he's a seed. He's probably – he's top
1: three or four, I would think, just yeah. based off. Starting the year, the
0: as far as proven, it, it's him and Corral, I think. Oh, uh,
1: JT jt Daniels will be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Georgia, yep.
0: And, I mean, I, I think Bama's quarterback will probably have an awesome year. Bryce Young is his name, right? He'll yep. probably have a great year. He just – he hasn't done it yet. Yep. It's going to be interesting. Either, I mean, the crazy thing is that uh, Kevin won a national championship with that running back when he was at Bama. Dan
1: typically gets a lot out of quarterbacks, Dirty Dan. But I, I don't, don't know. Th- I think Jones has. I a think Emory Jones. Feeling, though I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
0: I, it's it's the league is is weird this year. But I think for Ole Miss, the question is: You got the best quarterback. You got a great offensive coach. What can Dirty Durkin? do with that defense can it can he can he find a way to get them in the top 75 because if so that's
1: top 60 feels like the threshold for really having a a special season i think
0: if they're in the top 75 and the offense stays healthy that's that's nine and three and we didn't finish with the schedule but i think you got three wins lose to bama beat arkansas you got four wins i think kiffin wins at tennessee five yeah i
1: think he kills the schedule
0: kind of sets up because LSU comes to Oxford. I think Ole Miss probably hates they lost that game last it's, year.
1: At Auburn, at Auburn's tough. Joel, that's, that's tough. I'm at the point Ole Miss, Ole Miss doesn't win in Jordan Air until I see it happen. I just
0: – But so like, give, them, give them losses to Bama, Auburn, and AM, and there's still nine. I think, I think you lose one of LSU or Auburn, and let's assume they, they lose A&M and Bama. That's still nine wins, though. You only have to win one toss-up to get to – you'll be favored in every game except Is it, for –
1: Does it go Auburn, Liberty, a Vandy, State to end the year? Liberty's yeah, and, and,
0: and no bye weeks. That's tough. But but still, I think you're, you're favored in, in eight games. And so if you win one of the toss-ups, let's assume LSU or Auburn, that's nine wins in year two. That's pretty good. I mean, that's yep. That's impressive. But then you have to you have to not shit the bed – Arkansas and Oxford
1: at Starkville.
0: We'll see what that state team is like at the end of the year. I just, I don't know. It, Thanksgiving.
1: night. I don't like it, but we'll see at,
0: at the same time. I'm not scared of state's offense. I think they have a good defense. I think our defense will hopefully get better as the year goes on. Right. So if you stay healthy, I think you, you win that game when you're favored. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a crazy schedule. I mean, it's it sets up for nine wins, in my opinion.
1: There's a path to it.
0: I mean, I guess at Knoxville could be something, but I, I wasn't I really blown so. away by Kiffin. that
1: hire. And that roster's been in bad <laughs> shape for a Ross, while. I think this is a yeah. This is that they take their lumps.
0: Uh, it should be fun. It should be fun storyline wise. Get Kiffin back in Knoxville.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what do we – it's interesting. I think Alabama's the favorite. I think it's Alabama and A&M are A&M. the top two in the West. Beyond that, you can argue it a number of different ways. LSU's the third best roster. Um, then you probably go Old Miss, Auburn, mm-hmm. Arkansas State, I think. I think the Auburn's, East. Auburn's the better Is roster. Georgia, the class of the East pretty clearly um, in theory.
0: I think Mullen's the best coach in the East and Georgia's the best mm-hmm. roster.
1: Yeah, and Georgia's probably got the best quarterback of the group. Bunch and I've over seen there.
0: a lot of people saying that Kentucky is is primed for a good year this year, but they also lost, like, a bunch of depth and, like, a large robbery. Well, what, what, robbery. Third, what
1: third in the East mean? Let's think yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. Carolina, dumpster fire. Let's just be honest. Vanderbilt, the, the Vanderbilt, that's – well, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. It'll be nice for Angie. Um <laughs>
0: I mean, they got a new coach, thank God. Florida, they got rid of Mason, but it'll be a while. It feels like the
1: year that Florida can't – that Mullen doesn't get more out of a quarterback than he typically does. Tennessee. So, Carolina, Tennessee, Vandy. Hmm. I mean, Kentucky and Mizzou. Mizzou – I mean, well, Mizzou feels like the random sleeper. When do Kentucky and Missouri play? That'll be the battle for third and east. <laughs> Could even steal second if they beat Florida.
0: Shit. Wait, so, did, I'm trying to remember because I could go either way. Did Kentucky get over the hump and beat Florida or they still haven't? They did. They beat they? them. Two years
1: ago? Two years ago. <laughs> Two years okay, ago, yep. and that
0: was the first time in like 20 years or something. Or longer. Okay. Yeah, like
1: 21 or 30 years yeah, or something. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, you got to think this is probably the year, at
1: least for a while, SCC Network, week two, 7.30, prime time. All uh, right. On uh, September 11th. That's Missouri, ever. Kentucky? Missouri at Kentucky. Big game. Huh. Who's Missouri's quarterback? Well, that game could finish second in the East. Yeah? I have no idea. Some do, but <laughs> know, they got Eli drinking. It's change.
0: See, I liked, I liked the hire, but he's, like, such a dork. It's it's kind of it's kind of he's such thin a he's me. such a goob. He fits him though. Yeah, it's kind of worn thin for me. I, like do, I do I yeah. do I do love how when they announced, you know, Texas and Oklahoma potentially coming to the SEC. The two schools that immediately freaked out were Missouri and AM. Just the, the, yeah. the inferiority complexes there
1: just hilarious to see that. Especially AM, which
0: I mean you think do you think the league regrets adding Missouri? It's
1: I just A&M. want to congratulate AM on finding a great fit for their athletic director with little Ross. I really <laughs> yes, do. No, that's so that's so true. They're good for each other.
0: No, but I yeah, no, seriously do you better. think do you think if whoever, I don't know who who you would even be asking, but let's say the hypothetical SEC embodiment you can do it again you don't take Missouri again right that's been a flop
1: no that was the wrong choice
0: I mean I could see kind of what they're not were doing. bad enough
1: you're gonna run them out but you, you get a you get a respectable not the right choice
0: academic school Missouri the state is a decent population center you know but they just haven't done really anything in any
1: sport. Well, they won the East the first two years they were in. Yeah, but the East was even worse back then than it is now.
0: But they still made
1: it to Atlanta. Yeah, I remember that. They have made it to Atlanta state more state times in the less Oxford. than 10 years in the league. Than the Mississippi schools have combined. So, they got that going for them.
0: I think if all Miss was in the East, they could have gone once in the last 10 years. I mean, Hugh Freeze would have gone if he was in the East.
1: I don't know. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze.
0: Freeze, Hugh Freeze beat Georgia's ass in a 5-7. Hugh Freeze year. beat I the shit out of
1: Georgia. He beat Alabama back-to-back back years. And he would have won also, the East. Also had have. some Also had some very befuddling moments.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I, I think he probably could have found a way to win the East. He almost won the West.
1: He lost to Memphis. Fourth and
0: 25. Memphis is not in the SEC, John. That has no bearing on going to Atlanta. Yeah, but it's
1: Hugh Freeze. Yeah.
0: I mean, speaking of, are, are we excited for that Liberty game?
1: Um, I don't know that this people like the quarterback, so may could could be a battle of first round draft.
0: <laughs> I think it'll be funny. I I can't wait to see that dumbass on the sidelines again. I mean, assuming he's mobile. It, at worst case, we'll see him in the press. Did Ole
1: Miss do any kind of recognition tribute at all? I, I if they do,
0: if they do, I I, I Keith Carter and Mike Bianco, whatever. You do what you got to do, Keith Carter. I think was in a tough spot there. You can't fire Bianco because McDonald's not coming then. But if they recognize you freeze, that is pathetic. That is. Sad. I
1: don't. I don't think they should. I think they ought to. You know, he's there. They go through it. It's treated like any other game.
0: Yeah, he left. He left Ole Miss in a terrible position. And it's it's not just off the field. If they stuff.
1: bring back the 2015 Sugar Bowl winning team at some point, and Hughes not coaching wants to show up and be a part uh-huh. of that, then that's fine. I To me, that's fine. He should not be, you know, he shouldn't be recognized for anything when he comes back.
0: You mean it's, uh, Laramie Tunsell and a bunch of, I don't know what account is. I don't know what the rest of the team is doing now, but.
1: Laquan's Kim on a team somewhere. Laquan Laqu- Laquan's a Jaguar,
0: right? Kim DT's a musician. Tony Connor's a high school coach. Uh, it's
1: a, it's interesting how you know how little you see those guys. Kind of really, um, you know, Evan Ingram. How it kind of sums up all the. Oh, I forget. Well, Evan Ingram was on that team, but he he, he stayed he a senior.
0: Her- right, 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 right. He was on that team though. Yeah, I mean, I guess I forgot all about him. He should, I mean, is he he could have a good season again this year. It's been a while since I feel like he's been that noteworthy. Well, Daniel Jones is
1: dog shit, and we're gonna finally that's, come
0: to that's tough. That's tough for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got my Tunsil Texans jersey, so whatever. I don't know who he's. I don't know who he's blocking for, but you know, he'll be there. Uh, uh, that's
1: a good question. Who is, who's the backup to Massage uh, the Massage Man? Uh,
0: I used to know. I think they drafted. Somebody, I don't know. It used to be like it's AJ, Tyrod
1: Taylor or something.
0: Yes, you're right. It's Tyrod Taylor. Yep, hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. All right. So we talked about that.
1: Texas and Oklahoma are playing in the SEC in 22. That's that, my feeling. That you, is you that is up. the
0: strong that is the strong
1: current right now. It Did is, you? Study or listen to people talk about the Alliance at all. The,
0: the Alliance. So I asked about this. I, I asked, like, can anyone explain to me what exactly the Alliance
1: accomplishes? Pa- Parham went through it in detail on their pod. Give them credit. So are they going to
0: refuse? Is, is the Alliance going to refuse to play non-conference games with the SEC?
1: So they're not going to prohibit you from scheduling, but they've, they're all agreeing that they're going to play – One, so if you're an ACC team, you're going to play one Big Ten, one Pac-12. So what they're all what they're all talking about doing is going to an eight team conference schedule. Some of them are at nine right now, Hmm. and then then you got two other mandatory. Uh So now you're at ten power five games.
0: I mean, it's fun from the matchup perspective.
1: The SEC completely, but but shuts them out. Now here's the the kicker. Learned this this earlier this week. The Big Ten TV deal with Fox. Fox has money. Big Ten's Big Ten's the second most powerful right. league. Right. It's not even really close. Really, there's the SEC. There's the Big Ten, and then you, then you got to drop to the ACC. Then you got and but those three leagues still strike me as viable. You got to drop to the Pac-12, which is borderline, and then the Big 12's in the process of imploding, as we know. Um, the Big Ten TV deal with Fox expires after the 22 season. So, are they going to pull together some people and go with try to get with Fox and you know, basically get in a bidding war with SEC? At the ESPN, SEC I would be. Are I would you, you going to have two factions built, or is ESPN going to be able to come the sole dictator?
0: I think I think Fox keeps their "quote unquote" half of the the teams. If I'm in
1: charge of college football. I want both networks putting a lot of money in because what Correct. if one network, Correct. you know, ESPN's one, ESPN's one idiot employee scandal from. You well, know,
0: ESPN right now with the SEC is clearly doing the Uber model, right? Which is like we're gonna lose money on every ride because we think we can force the other companies out of business and then get all. We t- can monopolize the it and, and all the
1: full circle. One
0: hundred percent. I mean, ESPN's plan is to to slowly drive Fox Sports or whoever else, you know, out of the picture, have all the premier matchups. They already control the playoff, which is a huge advantage, um, plus the SEC, and they got rid of SEC on CBS. It's all ESPN now. Uh, and then they'll couple just – A couple years pay- away, but yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's coming. And then they'll just pay the teams less, and they'll charge the subscribers more. I mean, that's the model. If I was the Alliance, if I'm an Alliance member – a lesser school football-wise, are you not a little worried that they're going to reformulate and make one really good conference out of those three conferences for football?
1: I'm the Big Ten. I'm worried about Michigan and Ohio State bolting to go to the SEC. Yes. And they get you to 18. Notre Dame could join or they could stay independent depending on how they want to do it. And – Beyond that, I mean.
0: Well, I mean, you talked about it, the Alliance not playing against SEC teams. If you're the SEC and you go to a nine-game conference schedule, do you really care if the other three are nobodies? Does it really matter? I'm not sure that it matters.
1: Doesn't matter. SEC Especially if the playoff games. the
0: playoff expands. The SEC expands. The playoff expands. You're guaranteed two Oftentimes, maybe half the time, three of the eight are going to be SEC
1: teams. be like the Premier League and the Champions League. Yeah, 100%. will it, so it, be. I,
0: I do think that the SEC is banking on the playoff expanding with this expansion. If that doesn't happen, it's not as great of a spot. But
1: there's still good th- money. I, I do think we're headed for consolidation in college football because the other aspect, and we haven't talked about this at all, this NIL – Oh, Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I think this is the well there's multiple angles here first of all the concept of student athletes being able to monetize themselves I completely support I, I, I completely support the concept the of if the issue I see with this dynamic though is the the amount of schools that can afford to pay at the let's say the top two or three tiers, I think is two dozen or less. Yep. Um and we could I mean we can spend as little or as much time as you want going around and really talking about who can afford to pay. Like I think old Miss can barely pay enough to keep it interesting. But I really I think I think the poor get poorer and the rich get rich in this situation. I think you're gonna have a wealth, you know, the equivalent of wealth disparity um because I mean, the court, there's a, we haven't, like, it's been so, I, know, I haven't recorded this year oh, when Ohio state gets a senior high school senior in the state of Texas to forego their senior year to enroll early so they can get an extra million dollars in NIL money. Right. That says a lot. When Nick Saban's saying, uh, what the hell's their quarterback's name? Uh, Bryce
0: Young, right.
1: Bryce Young's getting a million dollars in NIL. How many schools can set that up now? Clemson guys got what Dr. Pepper and Bojangles, I mean this is yeah. gonna get I mean Arch Manning's gonna have like four hundred of them, but I mean, we'll see, oh, so- total side note, talking with Table Cobbleson about this mm-hmm. number one all time old Miss athlete that to be a library n i l person Marshall Henderson, not even a debate. We just need to give a shout out to Marshall for that,
0: oh man, yeah, that would have been too good, Marshall Henderson in the time of NIL would have been incredible. It's,
1: I think the all-library NIL 22 would be a fascinating roster to establish. Dr. Taylor said that's probably its own pod. Yeah, that's, its, we, that, that's it maybe that an, off-season, that's
0: be an off-season episode. That's an right? off-season topic. Do that type. Um, the
1: all-Funkies team, the all, uh, you know, just the all-Oxford NIL teams. We'll okay. see what comes that's out of this so season, good. but that'll be good. That's so good. I yeah, think Matt Corral needs Canon and Motors. He's got so to be in a commercial.
0: So you, I, I'm curious. You think? Um, you think Corral announces something, some sort of partnership for the beginning of the season? I kind of lean towards they do. I'm surprised.
1: I'm surprised you haven't heard one yet. Now I'm surprised.
0: Well, you don't. You probably don't know about this because you don't. You never lived in South Central Texas, but ATB does these commercials here that are famous where you get all the stars from the teams and they're all hanging out, like cooking food from H-E-B. So it will be like, you know, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Yuli Gurriel for the, or it'll be, it'll, it'll be like, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook uh, or Deshaun Watson. You know, I, if I was C-Spire, I would have a commercial in Mississippi right now. That's like Corral and Will Rogers, whoever the Southern Miss quarterback is pay a each, you know, 25, 50 grand. And air that the whole football season. I'm kind of surprised they aren't doing that. Um, Maybe they are. We
1: just, we just haven't seen it yet.
0: <laughs> I think something like that. If you if something came out with Corral before the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, another another off season storyline is just the the COVID vaccination. Ole Miss, one of the one of three teams to reach 100 publicly. Um, it's it's good on giving from a competitive standpoint because you don't have to get tested the same way. Um, and then also it's just, uh, it's impressive. He was able to coalesce the team around that goal. Um, I'm relieved. I mean, whatever you think about COVID and vaccinations, I'm relieved as a fan that they don't have to be tested every week with the chance of having a game canceled.
1: Yeah. It's a competitive advantage deal. Absolutely.
0: And I think that's probably I how think, he I, it.
1: I think in the past four to six weeks, this whole Delta variant thing, it's the, well, the, the choice not to get vaccinated, which everybody has and should be respected for my, my, I think should be respected, but it's, it's a hard pillar to stand on. Yeah.
0: I mean, respect it or don't respect it. It's a
1: choice. You have a history have of, right of reaction, ahead. sensitivity to medications, any um, immunization. I get it, but it's, it's about, that would be about it.
0: It's. Yeah. like have, Respect yeah. it or don't respect it. It's a choice people are making currently, so it is what it is. But I think if you're a fan of Ole Miss, you're, you are you got to be happy that they did that. And then I think if you're someone that sees the vaccine as a path to kind of get through some of these really painful surges, it's also nice to, to do that in the state of Mississippi as kind of an, an example. But honestly, people are so entrenched. I really doubt anybody in Mississippi that was on the fence about vaccination. Got a vaccine because Ole Miss and Kiffin got him, but still, I think it's the right thing to do. So, kudos to coach, and uh, got some good PR out of it as well, some national PR. So, interesting. It was it was unexpected. I and, and, who would have ever
1: thought Lane Kiffin be on MSNBC? But it happened. Well,
0: and you know, I think this is fitting for our show. What maybe the last thing I'll end on here is a little kind of deep Ole Miss journalistic beat. Uh I was surprised at how wrong McCready was about that whole thing. And he is, he is on the record as an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, his website. He's all over it in the offseason with those takes. Uh, but it's interesting to me because he was basically saying that Ole Miss was pretty far from even the, the cutoff, 80% or whatever, uh, the same day that it came out there at 100%, according to Kiffin. So I think it's interesting. I, I think this staff is really keeping the local reporters
1: in the dark, and the they yeah, they yeah—they don't give two shits about taking care of the local media.
0: I, I, uh, I think I think you're not going to. We've hear. mentioned we've mentioned one
1: outlet, but I think I, I think that outlet's probably viewed in a more positive light than some of the others from yeah. the staff standpoint, which I got zero qualms. I I mean part of it's uh, part of its professional life how time something i don't have time to go dig through every detail on the message right. board um i don't care if i really don't care what they say what the hell they well claim i think kiffin kiffin is they're, they're 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 misleading injuries he's about to say that yeah i mean Did it's I very say, Sabin, be it. they're, they're actually like a hockey team i like it is
0: that that's a hockey thing i wouldn't know but yeah i mean there's <laughs> Supposedly. Well,
1: ho- hockey it's upper body lower body that's as much detail as they get into we're not even getting we we, we haven't even got and, and, and bill belichick in an injury report well braylon
0: brown there. apparently someone people are really excited about freshman receiver is out for the year per a lot of people kiffin refuses to say a word about it has nothing to say about it says we've lost no significant people so I, yeah I, people just, that were going to have significant model yeah it's the Saban model um but, yeah, that's good. Saban's won a lot of games. I don't think as an Ole Miss fan, you can get too upset if, if Kiffin's sounding like Saban. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's it, John. I think we kind of went around the SEC in 80 days there and it touched on this Ole Miss team a lot. I'm excited. I know you're uh, traveling next week, but hopefully you, you're planning to plop down somewhere on uh, September 6th and take this game, man. I'm yep, excited.
1: We'll be back in New Hampshire for that, so –
0: you said it, it kind of sucks being on a Monday night, but whatever. It's going to be a lot of eyeballs. I don't think there's going to be any competition that night as, uh, as far as football.
1: No, it is it is a standalone game. Uh, a chance for a, a bit of a showcase can corral, well, indoor, fast turf. Yep. Uh, ACC, you know, me, me, fairly mediocre defense.
0: I mean, this was wasn't it? it was a it was like the similar situation with Florida State, right? That
1: game that and, they- a, and a quarterback that can play, so that we'll know what the we'll see if the def, we'll get a good get a feel for the defense.
0: I think it should be a fun game. I mean, no, I think, we
1: didn't we didn't talk about this uh, place kicker will be interesting.
0: Yep, Caden Costa, I think the whole assume. the whole
1: kick the whole kicking game. I'm kind of curious. Who to see. The-
0: who was the punter?
1: I was trying to think of that myself. I have no I, clue. Blanking.
0: I, I think Costa punted and kicked in high school. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things that Kiffin walked in, needed to upgrade, and we didn't have time to talk about all of them. Obviously, the defense is a big one. He had a horrible kicker in Luke Logan. We've all lived through that. Uh, so, hopefully, but it'll be interesting to see because I, I think a lot of what we saw last year with Kiffin and fourth downs he, he doesn't really want to lose that. I think he does believe in going forward on fourth down, even in field goal. He's an games. analytic
1: guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So even with a, a kicker with a pulse, I'll be interested to see how often they still go for fourth down this year. So it's going to be exciting, man. I, I, I love watching his offenses and Corral is a joy to watch. So I'm just going to enjoy it and, and hope they stay healthy and probably in for a lot more, uh, you know, high pressure games like last season. See how it goes.
1: Yeah. We'll, uh, so it, it, this should be, I mean, last year it was a fun team to watch. At the minimum, they ought to be a more competitive version of last year. And That's the plan. We'll see what happens.
0: All right, well, that was it. The first Land Landsharks After Dark episode of 2021. Anybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We're probably uh, friends with you, so hope you're doing well. I don't think we have a, that many other listeners, but even if you don't know us, thank you for listening. Um and yeah, hopefully it'll be a fun season. And something I know about me and John is if it's a fun season or winning games, we're probably a lot more likely to want to do a podcast. So they will be talking to you again before too long. But enjoy the rest of your off season. John, it was great catching up with you, buddy. Uh, looking forward to September 6th. And yeah, otherwise, guys, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Smoke weed, talk shit like Lane Kiffin whole country in recession but wayne' different huh and I'm a back rider haven't drove it one time I got a cool black driver can't walk around with guns i gotta do that got him don't worry if I'm shooting long as you' get shot and I'm a-